Hey guys, welcome to another uh, episode of the Redeem Podcast, The Encounter, where we encounter the reality of the things that the youth are facing nowadays. So today we're going to be focusing on a new topic, and I'm going to let my uh, friend here, Danny, uh, guide us and introduce us into this topic. Thank you, thank you. Oh, uh, we were talking about uh, with the youth, and we were, uh, you know, asking what uh, what is it that they wanted to hear, what is it that they wanted to talk about, and the number one thing with the whole COVID and, and everything that has been going on, I think the number one thing that we have to speak about is, you know, whole the whole mental mental health aspect. You know, it's it's such a it's such it's such a big um, aspect in life now. It, back in my days, when I was eighteen. There was no such thing as mental health. I'll be honest with you. I think yeah. you, I think you can say that it was either you're tough or you, you mm. weren't. You know, you weren't cut out for this. I, I'll be honest with you. Right. Like my dad, um, I, I was seeing something like you know, you you tell your dad you're like, hey dad, I feel sad, and he'd be like, sí mijo, pero chale ganas. Right. You know, like, keep going. Right? Yeah, like like you gotta keep going, right? So nowadays it's everything like, oh, if if mental health is if your mental health is not okay, you know, you can. I even heard people take off time from work. And everything. So I'm not. I want to. I want to clear this up. I'm not talking about um, that. It's not important. It is a thing. It is important. But um, I think we just need to uh, learn to figure out how to manage it and how do it so so it doesn't take over our emotions, right? Right. And and I agree. I think a lot of people also kind of hide these things that they may be going through because they're afraid of how do I deal with this and who do I go to with these situations? Especially when, you, when you're young, you know, you're like a teenager, you're like 12 and you're like, you know, hitting adolescence and everything. You're, you're, you're hitting puberty essentially. You're kind of like, okay, what's what's going on? Like, what am I? why am I feeling these things? Are these normal? Should be worried about things like anxiety? Mm-hmm. But so they don't know who to turn to. And unfortunately, you know, like in, in, in our, amongst our people, like our Latino culture, it's like, like you said, Danny, it's like you go to your dad and say, okay, just suck it up and, and move on and keep right. on going, keep on trucking, right? But it's like, like we really need to address these issues. And and, and I don't know if it's something that's actually creating, if it's, like you said, if it's increasing or it's something that's more like more people are talking about it. I don't know. I don't know how anybody else feels about it, Diane. You want to? Um, I think it's just becoming more normalized for people to talk about mental, mental health. Like, um, coming from me, like, also my parents are very, like, traditional hispanic parents Mm -hmm. so like with my dad he's like that doesn't exist it's just that you have nothing else to do like you have too much time on your hands go read a book or something but like coming from me like i did kind of like go through it when i was in high school like i felt anxiety i felt like there was a period of time where like like also i was feeling depressed Mm -hmm. but i i couldn't tell my parents this because it's like i didn't want to face like them saying like oh no like probably like you let something into your life and like mostly like spiritual stuff is occurring to you and is happening to you so like in that aspect like yeah like even during my time though I'm like a few years younger than you guys Mm. like it was still not normalized until now (laughs) until now like I'm able to like express myself and say like you know what like yeah I've had anxiety and I could deal with it yeah, and you know that's you brought up an interesting point when you talked about like it's all spiritual. It's like, like sometimes our parents come from it from that angle, and I think it's 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 got to be a combination of not just the spiritual. There's also other things that are just 
maybe it's like chemical stuff that people are from, you know, yeah. I don't know that much about that part. Yeah. Uh, you're a biology major, so you may know some of that stuff too, but definitely there's gotta be some spiritual on there. And I think it just hasn't been in a situation where people have been able to like open up and talk about their situations, you know, like you were saying, dealing with anxiety in high school. I'm sure that's not a new thing. Like I'm so, sure everybody suffered that. So coming from like a different, uh, obviously many generations older than you probably. Um, when I was a kid, I don't, I didn't even know what depression was. It was more, Hey, I just had a bad day. I'm going to get, pick up my boots and roll at it tomorrow. Um, for me, I think one major factor with your guys's generation mm -hmm. is social media. I think there's such a, an emphasis on, you know, I put something up and it didn't get the response that I was looking for. Um, you know, the, the two girls down on my feet are, you know, 110 pounds in perfect shape. And, mm -hmm. and the image of happiness in life is now you guys get fed that through social media. Um, it's a fact that I, I could get you the numbers, but I think that what uh, suicide, um, suicide amongst teens, depression amongst teens, um, just the overall mental health of teens has plummeted. In, in the overall mental health, but has skyrocketed with, um, you know, suicide and drug addiction because you look at social media and, you know, you look at, for example, you use a Kim Kardashian or, or one of these, you know, big famous people and then you begin to believe, well, that's what life should be like. And since I'm not driving a Bentley or I don't have all these boys and or girls seeking me out 24 hours a day, seven mm -hmm. days a week, you begin to make this weird comparison, which can lead you guys, you know, I think as, as the youth nowadays, um, yeah, I think everybody, the bar is set by how popular you are on social media. Yeah. I and, think and I think it's just a bad thing. I think it's something that has just captivated the minds of the youth. And now it's, it's become like their life. And, and, you know, it's a bad thing. You know, when I was a kid, if you were unpopular or uncool, what is it? So eight people in your class or eight people in your grade didn't like you, you could keep it pushing. But now it's like, oh, well, this girl's super popular because she has 17,000 followers. And I'm not. And it's like, what well, that doesn't define you. It doesn't define who you are. I think it's more about acceptance. Like, is, like for me, it was more acceptance because even like social media, I wasn't on social media until I was like 17 years old. Okay. Because like, my parents yeah strict parents so i had no issue with that and it probably helped you yeah it like, probably helped you yeah but it all like also like gave me a sense of like like oh i'm not cool like how you said yeah. like because everyone else was on social media and i was like left out i didn't know like the ins and outs of it you know but like not only did my like meant like anxiety stem from that it was also like through like just not being able to speak to someone like yeah. because i always felt like at school people will come to me to like seek help they're like diane's a good listener let me so like you were go playing to therapist kind of kind of yeah. yeah and imagine like being like a 12 to 17 year old like taking like taking in everybody's problems yeah. and processing them yeah and yeah. then where am i gonna go because even like i'm not saying that 
church wasn't a safe space for me but i was also facing judgment from like leaders yeah, you, that i was like that minute, i thought the minute I could, you open up you're judged yeah like i felt like i can't talk to someone about this or else like they're gonna say no like what did you do what door did you open and it's like why does that matter like i just want you to listen to me like yeah. and guide me through it i don't need judgment from you from i just you. i just need you to guide me through it like i need someone just to listen to me for once got it so you were yeah. looking for someone to help you guide you through it as opposed to just yeah kind of like, what? like so why, why did, like what did you do that this call like this happened you know uh, and, and that's to do definitely a lot with you youth leadership and i think danny would agree with that right the different style leaderships that youth leaders have and and what environment do they create for these people like some, someone like yourself diane to come and be able to talk about these situations. And it also, you know, has mm -hmm. to do, of course, one of the important things in mental health is like, how did we get here too, right? I mean, yeah. I think it's important to address the root. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I feel like, um, not that I, I should be like the exemplary, you know, um, leader and, and everything, because I do have my faults. For but sure. I feel, but I feel, <laughs> 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 but I have that, I, I think I think that something that, that God has taught me and he taught me through, through myself with a long time with him is that number one thing is we have to be loving. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I think uh, the Bible says uh, with perfect love it casts out all fear mm -hmm. therefore we have to do that and and with what you were saying uh, you know um, just if I can chime in a little bit on what you were saying mm -hmm. uh, um, I, I feel like a lot of a lot of youth here today uh, are lost because mm -hmm. I think you said something very important because I think you figured it out now mm -hmm. people want you wanted people to listen to you but not tell you what the mistake was, which was good, right? Yeah. Once you speak about it, you figure out what the what the what the mistake was. Mm -hmm. But in reality, for example, just so we can tie it back into the Bible, guys, because I feel like we, we need to do yeah. this, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like, for example, um, David was by himself. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't know the story, uh, David was 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 a was a child that was only the son of the mother. Therefore, she cheated on the, on his husband. So he, the husband, was so mad about this that he cast it out. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna go out to the field and you're gonna work the field all day." So he would leave in the morning and come back at night. Therefore, he didn't see anything. But was he depressed? No. Was he was was did he have anxiety? In, like in, and like I was telling people yesterday, I was saying he understood that his father on earth did not matter but the father up in heaven was the one that mattered therefore he grew up as if he had a father as if he had the best father in the world so i feel like into your question i do have your answer do you want to talk to somebody jesus is there to help you in in philippians in philippians uh, 4 6 he says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer mm -hmm. and supplication supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to god so he's always there i think the the number one mistake that we do and i, I put myself in there because i i i, I remember I, I would get anxious is that we ignore god it's like for example have you ever had um i don't know maybe maybe the guys are a little bit more have you ever had that that like best friend girl they ended up liking but she always saw you as a friend Mm. Well, you can't friend, I'm, I'm, friend, not gonna friend. I'm not going to answer that because I'm married. <laughs> you're, but, talk, so. you're talking about yeah. putting the but friend, you're talking yeah, friend yeah, zone, the friend zone, the friend yeah. zone. Yeah, yeah. So, so instead of putting God into a friend zone, we should make him, we should say, hey, let me get in a relationship with you. Because he's like that friend that you just set him on the side. You know, he will always come through, but you never give him the attention that, that, he, deserves. that, he, that he deserves. And honestly, I, my aunt used to always tell me, he's like, Imagine how the Holy Spirit feels. That all day you're talking to your friends, all day you're talking to your mom, all day you're talking to everybody, except the one that's always with you. Yeah. I think something that's interesting about that verse, obviously I, I don't know it, 
but after after you hearing <laughs> after you hearing after hearing it, so it's clear that God and the Bible had recognized anxiety hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So the Thousands. interesting part, you know what the problem now is that human beings and doctors and therapists have tagged anxiety with, you know, depression and medication and ADHD. Whereas it's written here that, yeah, you feeling anxiety, you got to ask God to, to help you through it. But they don't go to that now. It's, I feel anxious. Hold on. Let me give you medication. Yeah. Pop so, pills. It's, so most, most of the problem too is as humans, this has been around for years. Like of people course. go, oh, we just uh, we just diagnosed ADHD. No, I don't think so. I think it's been around for a long time, but it wasn't labeled ADHD. Mm -hmm. It was just a person that was maybe high strung, somebody who didn't have the ability. You know, everybody's built different. I mean, Eric, for the most part, you're a pretty high strung, dude. You're you're, yeah. you're very fidgety, and you're. But I wouldn't look at you and go, oh, Eric's got ADHD. Right. No, he, the way mm -hmm. when you get nervous or you're in deep thought. You're, you're a fidgety person, right. but not now. Now in your generation, the teacher goes, yeah, he fidgets too much. Hold on. Put him in front of a therapist. Take Something's out the wrong. Take out the pills. So do you, you have a problem. You have a so problem. Now, yeah. And it's not necessarily a problem per se, because I mean, hearing this verse, I'd never heard that verse. It's pretty clear. They recognized anxiety long time ago. Of course. And not only that, even Jesus said to the people of Israel, they were like, I'm going to read you guys. It's first Peter's five, seven, five, seven, first of Peter five, seven. Then it says, casting all your anxieties on him. And what's the number of thing that brings anxiety? Because you feel like nobody takes care of you. Correct. And he says, because he cares for you. Meaning, meaning that uncertainty the, brings anxiety. It, when you're it, uncertain about something, it, you get anxious about it. You know, it's, it's interesting you say, because so tying it with another, like Jeremiah 29, 11, right? I know the plans I have for you to prosper in hope and future and, and not of evil. So I think like a lot of people just, just feel like, what am I going to do in life? Especially when you're young, right? You're like, where am I going to go? Am I going to be successful? Like, am I going to be able to, you know, be a doctor or be a police officer or whatever it is you have in life? And it's like we forget that, like, if you put God first, right? The Bible also says, seek for the kingdom of God and his justice and all else will come by addition. It's like, put God first. Like, well, yeah, if you, you know, I, I and, guess and, what you're saying is if you put God first, you can begin to alleviate some of those anxieties because you right. believe that he's already written the plan. And now, you and, know, and, he's going to open the doors and then it's, it's, it's up to you to to take advantage of those opportunities. But you're right, because now even with my own daughter, sometimes she'll have like full-blown full mental breakdowns. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do if I don't make money? What am I going to do if I don't meet the right guy? What am I going to do if, if you know, I, I don't have this or I don't have that? I go, well, first off, you need to relax. Because usually when you're in that state of mind, you're not thinking clearly. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. And second, you know, all you're going to do is, God's going to open the doors for you. And as long as you continue to seek him and you continue to be in the right space, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think he's going to steer you wrong. But I just feel like uh, when you're younger, you tend to put God in a box. Yeah. Instead of like, like he has being limits. like, he's the, he has limits. Yeah. Like he's like, he can't deal with this or <laughs> some, some people just want a response. I think mostly when you're young, you like, you're very like, you want the answer there and now, like so you're funny. very like, a funny You're story like, right I quick. want the answer right now. Like, and 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 that's just the result of our generations. Like, yeah. starting with maybe like 
I would call it the MySpace generation because I would consider myself a more of a MySpace generation. Yeah, that has social bro, media started with me. Oh yeah, I'm throwing it. Yeah, you used to steal your music <laughs> off Napster, you know it. and you were like your your top, your top, you had your top ten, like you know your top ten yeah. friends kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, it's like we started being trained on this mindset of instant gratification, like yeah. instant results. Like if I don't have a result now, then then there must be no solution to this. Like there's no response. Yeah, I mean, like I was gonna tell you like, yeah. a, a funny story uh, real quick is when I first started, I, I didn't come to Christ until I was 30 mm. and uh, Maria had been in church her whole life. So I used to say things like, you know, when times were tough and money, I didn't have money. And she used to say, look, we're just going to pray and God's going to, and I used to say, oh, let me guess, we're going to pray and I'm going to go downstairs and open up the mailbox and there's going to be a check in there. Mm. And she's like, no, you don't get it. And, and it took me a long time to understand that it doesn't work like that. And, and for kids, you're right. It's instant gratification. I post something on social media. I want 4,000 likes within 10 minutes or it was a failure. And we live in a world of instant gratification. If you look at even women in general, I don't like the way I look. So I'm going to go to a plastic surgeon. And by next week, I want to look like Kim Kardashian. Not, hey, I, I should go to the gym or I should do all these steps, right? They want it immediately. Just the shortcut. And I think that's one thing if anyone gets out of this specific conversation is, yeah, seeking God and, and how he's going to do it in his time. Not in your time. And I learned that. I, it took me a long time to learn that. And once I started just putting my faith and saying, okay, God, if it's meant for this to happen for me, I'm going to let it be. And if it isn't, I, I'm going to take a learning lesson out of this and, and try to, you know, regroup for next time. It's because I think what we have to understand, guys, just so we understand and everybody who's listening, we don't have any power of what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Once we understand that, I feel like, I Your anxiety like level will drop yeah, significantly. Yeah, because if you had, uh, I was thinking about it. What is it that causes anxiety? The fact that you think you have control, but you Correct. really don't. And, and right here, uh, Jesus speaks in, in Matthew eleven twenty. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me and you will recover your life and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Look how beautiful what he, well, yeah. that's, that's what he's promising to us. He wants us to rest. In other versions, he goes, come and, Give me your burden and take my burden, which is light and easy to carry. So the, the life, just, just so we know, and people and the youngsters and the young people that are listening to us, it's not about easy life. As you guys can, and we can all say, we're all over 18. It's never going to get easy right. to the point where, you know, you're back to being 12. It's never going to get like yeah. that. It's just, it gets harder. But the burden with Christ, with Christ just becomes easier to carry. It just becomes a lot easier. For example, if you see Paul, Paul was, he says that his whole life he was stoned. Check this out, stoned, thrown in jail for no reason. He was, he was always set apart. He was always hungry. And yet, he was there, dude. Yeah, I guess that's, that's interesting because imagine if we had to go through that nowadays, we'd have like one in eight million people would be a follower of Christ if you were held to that standard. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, we don't, get the, we don't get the girl that we want. God doesn't love me. This sucks and I'm not coming to church anymore. It's like, yeah, really? You had one small stumbling block. And unfortunately, with the youth, I, I see because Danny and I have been working with the youth for a while. Mm -hmm. They're almost looking for that out. And they got to get that out of their heart and out of their mind. It's like the youth is looking for one thing to say, yeah, that's why I don't want to go to church no more. Because that girl walked in and she didn't say that my, my, my shorts were cute. I don't want to go there anymore. When you had like 99 other reasons to be in church. You Correct. Focus yeah. on the You're one trying to negative. find the one negative, which is everybody you hear, even that, you know, comes to our church or 
they'll find the one thing. Yeah, I noticed the way the pastor picked up his water. He had his pinky up in the air. And, I, you know, the Pope did that once. So oh. that church isn't for me. And, and it's, and it's yeah. like, wait, you didn't get the prophecy and all the other beautiful things that took place. You're looking at the one reason and you gotta, we got, we got, we as a congregation, as an, as Christians, mm-hmm. we gotta stop doing that because it does become easy. It does become easy to yeah. find these flaws and then come up with an excuse not to be here. But sometimes I like, I think it's more like, at least when I was in church, like growing up in church, like it was more like I wanted to be included in a group. Like, yeah, you know, I right. wanted Finding to be, a group. yeah. Not even finding a group, just getting along with everyone. Like I grew, like when I grew up, I grew up with the same people. But then I noticed that there was certain leaders that would pick and choose who, who were like yeah, I got closer it. to them, you know. Correct. And I could see that they will always pick Sam over me. And then I would be like, what's wrong with me? Like, well, the, the tide that, has definitely but, turned because I prefer you over Sam. <laughs> Sam, 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 Sam Sam's her brother, still, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Once, once in a blue moon, I wear my bulletproof vest when Sam comes in. <laughs> no, but like those are the type of things that stuck with me. I was like, I grew up with you guys. Like, what's so different about me and my brother? Like, I'm like. We're both dope. <laughs> basically. Yeah. No, and but it stuck with me. And I was like, why am I coming to church then? Like, I would, I would always like try to find a way to like be accepted like in church where i'm like was supposed to be my home you know yeah but i was being more accepted at school than i was at church Church, yeah so it was more difficult for me to like click with people like in church like and i remember oh my god when i was 16 i was already preparing like what i was gonna tell my mom like i was like the speech ready like i was like mom like once i turn 18 don't expect me to go to church anymore like i was so ready like i was like don't expect me to go to church anymore because I'm like I'm done with this. So like, so, so how did you not? What changed? How, yeah, what changed? What, what, what stopped? Okay, so what stopped you from you know, actually moving forward with that? You know what? Like okay, so my thing was like my mom has spoke to me about these books, right? Like it's called the Bible. Oh, not <laughs> technically, not, <laughs> not technically, because not like yet. you know, kids. They don't want to read the Bible. Yeah, of course. It was like, of course, it was a spiritual book, like, like that a sister wrote, right? And then I started reading it, and it was about like this woman that came from witchcraft and converted. And I was like, how, how can I put myself to her standard and being in church, being picked, like by God, like and like I didn't have to struggle that much. Okay. And so like that, that kind of opened my eyes to be like, you know what? My acceptance shouldn't be on people. It should be on God. Yeah, like, yeah. God is the one who accept, accepts me. The Holy Spirit is the one who chose me to be here for a reason, you know? So, that's my way. Like, once I turn, like, I could tell you, once I turned 17, that's when I actually accepted God into my life. Like, Jesus. Because I, I was born in church. Yeah. I grew up serving. I was doing all these things. It was kind of shoved down your throat. No yeah, way. basically, yeah. I was like, it was like a routine thing. It wasn't something that, like was coming from you yeah it was like oh it's because my mom is telling me to go to church oh i'm gonna go see like some of my friends you know yeah. it was like a like already it was more in, of a social event yeah i got it it was already ingrained in me but until like i turned 17 and actually realized like you know what like all these issues that i have is because like i've been holding on to them like yeah for dear for dear life like that like if i release them like like yeah. I don't know. I felt like 
I was penting up stuff, and I think that's what a lot of youth do. Like, they pent up all their feelings, all their emotions. I think part of it, too, is it goes back to what you said originally, mm -hmm. uh, that, um, you know, when your parents aren't willing, I'm not speaking your parents mm -hmm. specifically, but when your parents aren't willing to at least hear your hear what you have going on, and that's part of the issue is we found, more Danny than myself, but even me on occasion, the kids will come to us and they'll they'll unleash some pretty intimate yeah. stuff that in our minds I'm going, this really you should be talking about with your parents. Yeah. And they look at us and go, not a chance. I'll be yeah. cast out. They'll be pouring oil on me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know, yeah, basically. But, and I think that's part of us as parents learning too, is yeah. that you guys are a different generation. So the problems that posed you aren't the same as what I went through. So as a 40-year-old father... It has definitely been different with Isabella. She comes and I'm going, wait, what? I, you know, when I was a kid, the biggest thing that you could do is tell my parents, yeah, you can't ride your bike. And it was like the end of the world. <laughs> and now the issues are different. So I think yeah. even if parents are hearing this podcast, I think they got to adapt and be open to hearing what their kids are going through with now immediate punishment. Your phone's gone. You're punished. You're going in front of the church for liberation. It's like, relax. Also for church leaders, because that, that was... was wrong with like how i grew up like youth leaders would judge you they'll be like nah you let something go into you yeah like it's something that you let like and they're putting the fault on me like it's like no what well, if there's no blame game it's yeah. just hey how do we work through this and give yeah, you a I better path like a, to yeah, you need a, a guidance you need yeah. a roadmap not a not a blame game and, you know you know in, so i'm listening to what you were sharing i mm -hmm. think i think everybody goes through that in life like you know why, especially if you're born in church. I was born yeah. in church too. Um, I never got as far as practicing in front of a mirror for the breakup speech, but you know. Eric's still working on that. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not, it's not even coming. But um, so I think, you know, you said Chad, that there's a lot of issues that, that are presented now that were not there before. I think what's happening really is the issue is still the same. It's just the vehicle or the tool that's being used by the enemy that's changing. True. Mm -hmm. Because, because, there's always been this for generations and generations and generations. It's always been Correct. a problem, but now it's more of social media is one tool that's yeah, being used Yeah, the devil's adapted now. to uh, right. digital, digital yeah, times. Right. Cyberspace, I call it. Right. Cyberspace, <laughs> as you call it, right. So, and just like, for, let me give you an example, like as an analogy, like, you know, entertainment, right? You want to watch a movie. Yeah, back in the days, it was a VHS tape. You put in a VCR and had to rewind and, you know, yeah. whatever. But now, then it became a DVD, and then it be, now it's streaming. So yeah. the the tools that are being used to reach the same goal are They're the ones e that are much changing. easier to access, right? Mm -hmm. And then so that's probably one of the that's that's probably the most dangerous thing now with social media. It's that the enemy presents to you different paths. Like especially Correct. if you grew up in church, you see you're walking along the path of Christ, and and we know the promises that God has for us to prosper us to you know for hope and and give us peace and love, and it'll cover all everything. Yeah. But then we go along the way, and there's a fork in the road that comes up instantly through social media on Instagram, where it's like, oh that looks nicer. Like these people don't even go to church and they're like driving like Lambos and they're doing driving, living in a mansion and they're YouTubers. Why don't I just I go do that? I think one thing that obviously, like you said, the enemies figured out when it comes to the youth is everything is sexual. Literally everything. I mean, you go on Instagram and I don't have it, but you know, even when you do go on it, you don't even follow these people's pages or you don't, you're not friends with them out. or however the hell it works. And you scroll down and it's, you know, three half naked girls for the boys. And then you go three down more and it's these super ripped, you know, 20 year old guys that are just chiseled. 
and you know, and then your parents are telling you, Hey, you know, don't fornicate with your eyes. Hey, don't fornicate with your mind. So the devil's definitely figured out how to in, inject himself into your life. See, when I was a kid, it was literally pagers. You, they didn't even have mm -hmm. cell phones. So mm -hmm. you got like this little beeper and you went to a payphone and you put your money in and none of that was accessible. And even cable television was, you know, the A-team. It was, you know, uh, Lucy. Like, uh, I, right. I'm just telling you, now cable television on regular TV, That's there's great. chicks half naked and mm -hmm. it's like almost like soft I don't know if I can say this here, but it's like soft porn almost. Yeah. You're like, whoa, what's going on here? And it's on channel seven, you know, at five o'clock in the afternoon. So, I mean, he, he, Eric makes sense and he, he's figured out how, how to get to you guys. And, and mostly now. I, I agree. And just, just for, the, for, for us and for the people that are, are listening, that's why. If we maintain ourselves using the same exact thing that worked in the 80s, it won't reach the youth of today. Correct. Do, do, do you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you got to evolve. Do you see what I'm saying? If we don't, if we don't, if we're not willing to get on Instagram, if we're not willing to do podcasts like this, I don't know where podcasts got cool. Honestly, yeah. there's podcasts. I don't know, Johnny. You can say podcasts been around for at least ten years, and and I don't know where they just started popping and everybody. Hey, I wanted to get and we have to get on these things in order for the youth to understand it because the devil's going from left, right, front, backwards, everywhere, and we're just going. Oh, make sure you guys come to church on Friday and Sunday. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so, Danny, just, you know, you're usually here in our church. So what do you, if someone is battling with these things, anxiety, fear, depression, what would be your advice? I will give you guys my advice that I always give the youth. Stop, drop, and roll. Ready? You stop, stop whatever you're doing. Stop whatever you what whatever they say that that's meant, that's taking you to this anxiety to this depression. For example, a lot of people tell me, a lot of people tell me, hey, Danny, I'm dealing with this with this anxiety. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Okay, stop, stop thinking about that. Give us, give yourself a second to breathe. Right, stop. If you feel depressed, stop being so lonely. Stop. Just stop in your mind and say stop. Drop. I don't mean actually drop and, <laughs> and get on the floor. Right. Drop means be humble. Be humble and understand that this problem is bigger than you. You can't handle it on your own because usually this leads to suicide. So what do you need to do? Either you need to be humble to speak to somebody or be humble enough to recognize God and stop, drop, and roll. And then roll, roll around to somewhere new. Because if you, for example, a lot of people tell me, Danny, but I, I, I was in anxiety and I came to God and then I'm back in it because you didn't roll anywhere else. You stayed in the same you went place. went back to the same pattern. You, you see what I'm saying? So, yeah. hey, Danny, my back hurts. Oh, you've been laying down all day? I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna, gonna to walk for 20 no. minutes and go back. No. No, no. no. Lay on the couch, stay on the floor, do some stretches. Yeah. got to do something different. And, and that's where you reach out to more mature people, like older people, leadership in the church, mm -hmm. in your church or, or whoever, who have been through that and can like reach in and pull you out of that cycle, right? They call them vicious cycles or bad cycles, right? In simple mm -hmm. terms where we just find ourselves like, okay, yeah, I turned, and that happens a lot with young people. Like, okay, I'm Christian now. I had an experience with Christ, but I still can't get over this. And it, this doesn't necessarily have to be like mental health. It can be any type of sin I, that I we're think in. part of it too for the youth do is understanding that, and um, they always seem to think they're the only ones that have yeah. this problem, which I learned that the hard way when I was having marital issues and I'd go and talk to the pastor thinking, no one's ever spoke to him about this. Mm. I go in and he's like, actually, you're like the fourth couple tonight. 
that has had the same exact problem. Tonight. Tonight. Not, not, yeah, yeah, tonight. not in my career, but tonight. <laughs> so I think part of it too is understanding that you're not the only one going through this. Yeah. There's a hundred kids left, right, yeah, on both sides of you. Exactly. And so and that's what literally God told it, Prophet Elijah. Like you may think you're the only prophet, but like, no, I have seven thousand lined up like somewhere else. Yeah. You're not the only one giving out my word. So it's like it's the same with us. Like I was gonna say something uh I'm so glad that you said that, Chad, because I was thinking about how to circle, circle back to the same point because yeah. you asked a question. It says, oh, Jesus can't handle that. And just, just so we understand, Jesus was lonely most of his time. Mm-hmm. And, and right here in Isaiah 53, it says, he was despised and rejected of, by, by men, a man of sorrow. So it's talking about Jesus and acquainted with grief. In other, peop- in other places, it says, and he was familiar with pain. And as, is, as it as they were hiding faces from him, he was being despised and we esteemed him, him not. But that's just difficult. What I'm trying to explain, explain is this. Was he sad? Maybe sometimes he got sad. Don't you think that he was worried that he knew he was going to die? Yeah. He imagined growing up and knowing that 28 hits and you're going to die at 33 and knowing that your death is coming. So it's funny that you say that because your dad did a preaching not too long ago that my wife translated to me and she was like, I never thought of, of that side of Jesus's death, which was what type of anxiety or emotion did he have leading up to it? We never think of that. We just think of the part, you know, in passion of the Christ where he's saying, Oh, forgive them. They don't know, you know, they don't know what they're doing. She goes, but imagine the anxiety. Like if they said, Hey, tomorrow you're going to be drugged through the city. You're going to be stoned. I'm going to hang you and put nails through your feet. Imagine the anxiety, the fear and anxiety side of that. So it's interesting that you say that because your dad just preached about that in the last week or so. And it was, I thought it was very interesting. Marie was like, I never even thought of that side. All I ever think of is, you know, he's dying on the cross for my sins, you know, yeah. me, me, me. You know, it, but that's it, it, interesting. It's interesting that you pointed out what would have happened if they would have shown what was happening down the line, if we would have started thinking about that. We would all have this crazy oh, level right. of anxiety. And, and, and you know, it's sometimes... We get anxiety because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. And that reminds me of the verse of Matthew 6, 34, which says, what do you worry about the things of tomorrow when each day has its own problems? Like, stop worrying about tomorrow. Deal with what's happening in front of you now. Not only might there be a problem you need to deal with today, but you're missing out on the joy of today. Correct. You may be on vacation on a beach somewhere, but you're worried like, oh my God, I got to get back to work next week. Like, enjoy the moment. And, I think, and, 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 and it's, I'm sorry. And, no, and, it, and it's so interesting because can you imagine if we were to ask God, okay, God, show me the problems that are going to come down my line 10 years from now so I can prepare. Yeah, you would you be would able not, to sleep at night. You would not have the maturity level to prepare you to, to handle it. Yeah. So it's actually not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, like Matthew 634 essentially is talking about, is actually a safety valve, like a safety wall Yeah. that God has put for us because were we to know, we would freak out. And I think, Our life would fall I, apart. I think part two is, um, I, I think, um, you know, right? So we talk about God, coming to God, for example, when we do the Santa Cena, right? So you come and you, you kind of just lay it all out there and say, hey, God, help me with, with these things. And so I think it's um, something important for the youth, too, is to learn from your mistakes. You know, mm-hmm. don't make this, like, every, every month I try to, you know, when the Santa Cena comes and say, hey, you know, last month I struggled with this. I, help me with that. 
And then maybe that following month, I'll, I'll start to iron that out, but something new will come up. Mm-hmm. But I think I, it, even with my own daughter, I said, listen, I don't mind you making mistakes. Don't make the same mistake four and five mm-hmm. times because, you know, the definition of ex- insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And we see that with the youth. It's like, wait, weren't we in here last month and we kind of gave you a roadmap on how to handle this and you're doing the same thing, but you're expecting something different to happen. So that's, you know, the human thinking and they can manipulate the outcome. Yeah. And I think that's something you got to learn from that is is part of you know not falling into this mental illness not falling into the trap of looking at the hot chicks on on instagram if you know that that's what's going to happen put it down yeah set it to the side Mm -hmm. i agree and honestly just 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 to um i think wrap it up because i think it's been like 35 40 minutes almost i was going to tell you is that that what with what you were saying about jesus about not understanding what he was going through check check this out so this before this before he actually gets betrayed and gets arrested and, and gets taken away he says uh, Jesus went about 50 steps away he was with everybody with all his followers and he knelt down and prayed so he left he, he, he moved 50 steps away from him and he prayed to God to the father and says if you are willing please do not make me drink this cup but do what you want not what I want cup meaning is death is coming yeah. death right then an angel from heaven came to help him check this out not to save him to help him other version says to strengthen him <laughs> so maybe Jesus, preparing him Jesus was full of pain and he struggled hard in prayer. If Jesus struggled when he prays, do you think we're going to struggle oh, yeah. praying? Of course. And it says sweat. Imagine, just just imagine this. Sweat dripped from his face like drops of blood, of blood falling to the ground. Meaning, if you're sweating profusely. Yeah, he was nervous. Oh. Yeah, he was nervous. He was like, oh, it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's coming, right? Like, it's like almost saying like, Oh my God, I'm about to die. And it says, and when he finished praying, listen, he finished. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the stop, drop, and roll is because it's, it's true. He finished. He went to his followers and he found them asleep, worn out from grieving. Jesus said to him, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray for strength against temptation. So what I, what I want to bring this to you is if you guys ever feel like, oh, you know, it's because God doesn't understand what I'm saying. God understands perfectly what you're going through I mean, he knows your own thoughts exactly and and the thing the beautiful part about what jesus did was that he left his throne up in heaven to come feel what we feel so when he when you say god i have anxiety he understands what you're speaking about you see what yeah. i'm saying imagine uh when when, when your daughter says oh you know um you know, I'm going through something that women could go through you don't understand that no all you can say is hey you got to go with your mom yeah go with your mom but Jesus can come down and say, I know what you mean. Yeah. I was there. I know what you I had anxiety. I've had that pain. I've been scared. So here, let me let me treat you like I wanted somebody to treat you. I like it. So keep that in mind, guys. Um, this right. is um, Redeem Podcast, The Encounter. Um, I hope we helped you guys. And if you guys have anything else to say, message us on Instagram right. at... Uh, what is it? Redeem LA? Redeem LA. Yeah. Drop us a message. If you have any topics or ideas, feel free to reach out to there. And also on Twitter at Redeem LA. And uh, catch us there. All right, guys. Take care. God bless you guys.